while we're seeing that connectivity to the world has improved fantastically over the past decade or so, still one third of the world is still not using the internet. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at digitalization and why shaping it in the right way is so important for development and our future. Technology is transforming every aspect of our lives, how we work, eat, shop, travel and interact. If done right and governed well, e-commerce and the digital economy can drive growth, innovation, development and better use of our resources. But there are many risks and challenges. Growing digital divides threaten to worsen inequality. Many developing countries are already falling behind. And with such heavy reliance on technology, what are the implications for our privacy, our safety and our rights? Well, with UNCTAD's e-week coming up in early December, I'm joined now by Torbjorn Fredriksson, head of the e-commerce and digital economy branch at UNCTAD, to talk about how we can make the most of the digital economy to support a sustainable future. Torbjorn says he's quite cautious about joining various social media platforms himself, but he's convinced that digitalization offers a unique opportunity to speed up progress on the sustainable development goals. Well, I'd say you were skeptically optimistic, and it seems that you're the right person to tell me what are the most positive aspects of digitalization and where are the greatest risks then? Hi, Sarah, and thanks for having me on this podcast. Well, you know, I think you already alluded to it. There are so many opportunities from digitalization that we are already experiencing. If you just think about the developments of the past 10, 20 years, uh, how we are able now to pay with our mobile phone, how we can communicate with each other in different ways, how we can buy things online, how we can get things delivered to us digitally that we had to go to meet someone in person to have delivered before. So there is a whole range of things. And we also see the growing reliance on data and various digital solutions offering completely new opportunities for addressing some of the biggest development challenges that we are facing here in the world. At the same time, this is happening in a very uneven way Mm. across the world. So we see that if we took uh, the case of e-commerce, for example, we know that in, in the most advanced economies, virtually everyone buys something online every year. Whereas in the least developed countries of the world, maybe five, maximum 10% of the population is currently engaging in e-commerce. And the same thing applies when you think about how we can leverage all the data that is being generated online. And we don't have the same ability around the world to make use of this data. And there is big concerns that a lot of the value that is generated in the digital economy ends up in the hands of a relatively small number of players, especially the big global digital platforms. And that is raising questions about how the uh, distribution of the gains is taking place and how we perhaps need to think about uh, new sets of governing in this evolving world. As you said, countries are at very different stages of adopting technology. So how do we encourage innovation 
and growth while also closing these digital divides and enabling equitable development? It's the $10 million question in a sense, because we all want to have, I think, an inclusive and sustainable development as a result of digitalization. But achieving that is not easy. And uh, we are in UNCTAD, you know, engaging a lot, helping developing countries to be better at harnessing digitalization for e-commerce, for digital trade and so on. And we are facing many different types of challenges that require a very effective dialogue between the governments and the private sector and other stakeholders. And in many of the developing countries, we are not there yet. So while we're seeing that connectivity, for instance, in the world has improved fantastically over the past decade or so, still one third of the world is still not using the internet. That's a large number. And then it's a question also about having the resources to build the skills needed for harnessing uh, digitalization. You need to have payment solutions that are conducive to digital trade. You need to change your legal and regulatory framework. We are uh, growing increasingly concerned about protecting the privacy of individuals. But in a large number of developing countries, there is no legislation to protect people's data. And this put them at a disadvantage in terms of building the trust for people and businesses to engage in digital activities. So there is a whole range of things that we need to try to address almost simultaneously. And an additional challenge is, of course, the rapid pace of change in the digital world that adds urgency to this challenge. And right now, we are not doing enough, I would say, to make sure that those countries are at the early stage of getting ready for digitalization can catch up quickly enough. It's an age of pervasive technology and artificial intelligence. So I have to ask, what kind of cooperation and agreement do we need around sort of common standards and governance? The route to being successful in the area of artificial intelligence is to have good access to, good control of, and good ability to harness data. Because without the data, it's difficult to do much with regard to artificial intelligence. And again, we see uh, big differences here in the ability of companies, of countries, to take advantage of artificial intelligence. I can say just uh, to illustrate that 94% of the financing going into startups in the area of artificial intelligence. They are going to two countries, the US and China. That leaves 6% for the rest of the world. Mm. And, and that is, of course, a very, very skewed situation. And it's not so strange, perhaps, because if you're very talented in the area of AI and you would like to be at the frontier of what's happening in that, you want to be working with the institutions that have the ability to do something with data and that can respond to the needs out there. And the big uh, global platforms are particularly well-placed in this case. So we need to think here what kind of governance we may need to ensure that whatever comes out through the artificial intelligence is inclusive, that it takes into account the great variety of people and humanity around the world, that we are not too linked only to perhaps certain linguistic areas, 
and mainly Anglophone and Chinese, and see how to develop the norms and the ethical guidelines that we need to make sure that what we get in the end is what we want. How optimistic are you about efforts to shape the digital future? Are we on the right track to turn these opportunities into gains that benefit people and the planet? I think we are really at the crossroads. Mm, okay. So uh, what will happen in the next decades or so, because we're still only at an early stage of the future <laughs> when it comes to the digital economy, uh, it will depend greatly on the policy choices that we make. And that will be determined both at every country level, what governments and other stakeholders do in each country, but the internet is global and that is still a core network for what we're doing in the digital space. Because of the global nature, some of the policy choices and decisions need to be taken at the international level. And the question is, how do we do that? Do we have right now in the world a clear vision of where we want to be in the future when it comes to digitalization? I think not. It's not sufficiently clear. And therefore, it's difficult also for countries to come together and agree on what measures we should take to make sure that we get the future that we want by harnessing digitalization. And this is why it's so important that we come together and talk about this. And even within the United Nations, which is the, the most inclusive platform that we have in the world, where all the member states of the world can come together and talk about these things, we still don't have perhaps all the right platforms and mechanisms to enable this kind of dialogue and enable it in such a way that we can agree on concrete measures to how we should govern this process and how we should ensure that it becomes inclusive, that it doesn't have negative effects on environmental sustainability, and uh, that we also make sure that we build the ability of the countries that are behind to catch up in this context. So dialogue's key, and that moves us on to the upcoming UNCTAD e-week. What are you expecting? You know, we have been organizing this type of week for quite a number of years now. And what I always find most fascinating with it is that we get a very nice mix of all the stakeholder groups. We will have uh, maybe two or three thousand people coming together, representing the government side, the international organizations, the private sector, both global firms from all parts of the world, as well as the smaller entrepreneurs that are coming that are trying to build a future in the digital market. We will also have a strong representation of civil society and the technical community. And this is what we need because finding the, the best answers to dealing with digital for development cannot be done only by governments. It cannot be left only to the private sector to determine. We need to have this multi-stakeholder dialogue. And very importantly, at the e-week, we will not only have the rich countries at the table, we will have probably around 140 countries represented, a large number of least developed countries, middle-income countries, and the advanced economies together. And I think this is so essential in order for us to really understand the various perspectives that can come up in this dialogue. And I hope that through these 150 sessions that we will have during the e-week, we will generate 
important ideas, good insights that can feed into other processes that are currently happening in the United Nations and beyond, such as the work that will start in January on negotiating a global digital compact that will be picked up at the Summit of the Future in September next year in New York to make sure that the ideas that are coming up from the different stakeholder groups from different parts of the world can feed into that process and perhaps inform those that will negotiate these ideas or these new initiatives so that it becomes as inclusive and sustainable as possible. Well, that's definitely a date for the diaries then, the 4th of December to the 8th of December. That's e-week. Well, thank you to Unctad Torbjorn Fredriksson for being this week's guest. Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.